My name is Monica Gleberman, and you're listening to Silence On Set Podcast. For today's podcast, you'll be listening to the cast of Acid Man, a film that is currently playing at the 2022 Tribeca Film Festival, currently starring Diana Agron and Thomas Hayden Church. Agron plays Maggie, who arrives in a small, rundown house in the middle of nowhere to find it to face with big orange letters reading Acid Man, and we soon learn that she's spent over a decade apart from her father, played by Thomas Hayden Church. The two sat down with us to discuss the film and why it's so important for you guys to go screen it and check it out at the festival. So here is Diana Agron and Thomas Hayden Church. Hi guys, I'm so excited to talk with you. Um, I watched the movie. I'm so excited. It's so good. So, um, I wanted to start off with just quickly, if you guys can give, you know, everyone that hasn't seen it yet, a kind of synopsis of what it's about Mm -hmm. and then what drew you in to the film and then specifically, um, Diana for you for Maggie and then Thomas for you for Lloyd. This film is about uh, two characters, my character Maggie, who is the daughter of Thomas's character Lloyd, who haven't seen each other for 10 years. And it's my character that initiates this reconnection. She basically shows up very unannounced and very much wants to bridge this, uh, what feels the beginning kind of almost insurmountable uh, task of, of finding their own balance again, because it's been very long gone. What drew me to this role, I, um, there was a lot of personal truth steeped in this film. I know very much what it's like to live with a parent that uh, has health issues and um, and what connection is like, especially as you're going along a journey. My father's been sick since I was 15. So uh, I've had to constantly uh, recalibrate our relationship as it stands throughout his journey. And uh, I just thought the script was so beautiful. I love Alex's work and I love Thomas's work. And this was such a great opportunity to build. We, we spent the eight months prior to us filming having really unique and engaged conversations about what these characters would be like and how we were going to explore their relationship, what things we were bringing to the table. And by the time we got to Oregon last uh, late spring, it was just, it felt so undeniable. We, we had already prepped and, uh, and then there were cameras. That's really as, as clean of an assessment uh, of the process as, as you can have. We started our conversations, like I said previously in September, and then we, you know, everybody landed in Oregon. It was like the end of April, I think. So with with all those conversations with Diana and Alex, it, it, I, I could feel it was like, it was a visceral development of the relationship, uh, taking what was on the page, but in the conversations, like I said, it was a it was a visceral journey for me that started way before we got there, and we had cameras, which is listening to, to Diana talking. A bit, oftentimes, her relationship with her father, but Alex talking about his relationship with his father, and I think I probably threw into conversations uh, 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 my relationship with my father. Um, 
which had it, you know, was had its own daunting qualities. But that really was what it was. What to me was was tremendous about the lead up is because I do have, uh, you know, daughters, and 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 then imagining with Diana if I'd had a daughter at you know in my twenties, and and how that relationship, you know, developed and then it was completely abandoned for ten years. And, and then how it, you know, the journey starts anew. Some of the scenes without being, you know, specific, but some of the scenes with Diana, the, the, the emotion, it, it's like by the time we got to do the scenes, it was, it was a release. It was getting all of those months of preparation and conversations and emotion, everything that we had developed together and Alex really is the other significant character in them finally got to to do it it was so it was just so satisfying and exhilarating um but all you know but all of those anger and sadness and you know joy all of that uh came out and what was it like you know they it's interesting because there is a 10-year gap in between their relationship but there's so much love there that comes through right. Even right away. Um, like Diana for your character, Maggie, like I could tell like right away she's there and she wants to, she has other things going on, but she's there and she wants to see her dad and talk to her dad and is sensitive with mm-hmm. the things that her dad's going through. And then Thomas free for like Lloyd, you play him so good um, with Thank just you. all his kind of just ups and downs and things that he's going through. But right away there's a connection and then you guys do this beautiful way of using alternative ways of communicating to kind of get to deeper conversation to get you guys to a closer place Mm -hmm. so for both of you what was that like when you read the script and how do you kind of translate that from the page to the actual like filming process Mm -hmm. because it was it was so well done Thank you. One of the things that's so great about Alex's filmmaking and why I was also excited to to go on this journey with um, Thomas and Alex was that improv is very encouraged. And so that is also why we were speaking with such frequency, because we wanted to make sure that we had kind of talked about our world and talked about our characters and therefore were able to play and that was so present and that was so freeing in the process because you knew that oh i do have this bag of tools and if it feels right to do or say this it is absolutely encouraged and and promoted that i think was really really helpful and enabled for some you know there were some really surprising moments because of that the way you communicate is so interesting and you're able to do it in a way where you can talk about much deeper kind of serious conversations without a typical conversation, if that makes sense. Right. It's just like the way you guys are able to communicate. So when you read that on the script, how do you take that into the actual acting process? The, the buildup, you know, the, the preparation, emotional preparation um, throughout our conversations over those eight months, I had, there, there are devices, and I think kind of the most obvious is Migo, is, is the dog. 
that Miko, especially after whenever I saw the final cut of, of the picture and how Di Diana's personality and her interaction, Maggie's uh, personality and her interaction with Migo and how I'm defensive about it, but at the same time proud of it. And when I saw it after it was completed, I realized that Migo was this very important emotional vessel that we, I don't, I don't even think we were present in knowing was being used. It really struck me at how much he was a vessel of, of communication emotionally or what, or that he was an emotional connection that, you know, however antagonistic it was at times, we found ways that were nonverbal and, and even non-physical that were just these sort of ethereal ways to, to communicate. Um, and then, you know, the sort of the obvious sort of vestment of that is, you know, that, that Lloyd's so focused on the ETI, you know, when they go for the observations and, and then, but whenever Maggie is questioning him about it, she's like, what, what, what are we doing? But I think that also becomes a, an emotional device, but that there's a myriad, you know, it's, it's not just me. It's not just the ETI. It's there's, there's just the music, his music, her, you know, the, the basketball story and, you know, slam, slam dunk, is it slam dunk Tuesday, yeah. Diana? Yeah. You know, slam dunk, you know, that, the fact that whenever she discovers that I've held on to this original copy of this short story, this beautiful short story that Maggie wrote when she was really young. Mm -hmm. And it was just this, the, you know, and, and in a way, and maybe again, I'm stating the obvious, Lloyd knows what her potential is, her, what the potential of her imagination is when she's very young. It's dear to him. And so when she finds it, and then obviously, you know, when Maggie is leaving and we go into that, the, the, that sequence uh, and we see what's in her, what was in her imagination and what still lives in her imagination, that that has lived it's like that's something they've shared since she was eight years old or 10 years old when she wrote that short story their imagination it is connected in this really beautiful creative way i do think migo was definitely like a turning point in the in the film in particular but it is kind of beautiful um that they just both want to be accepted they both want to be loved they both want a relationship and the things that they do to try to form that it's just such a beautiful film. I just wanted to ask you guys what you would tell fans, I guess, to tune in, you know, to watch it. It's exactly why I thought it was right to tell this story now. We were coming out of a very, I went with the most challenging situation ever where we weren't able to connect, uh, you know, especially physically with family members, friends, et cetera. And that can be very challenging, whether that's by design because something has happened in your life and there's a barrier to entry or not. Um, and I think that for many people, it's very uh, intimidating to try to bridge a gap, especially when a gap is a 10 year long gap. If there's any willingness to try the result, as you're explaining with the, you know, the tail end of our film can be very beautiful. And uh, I always think that that's 
something worth striving for. I remember um, when Maggie comes in that, and, and Lloyd is working on something and, and then, you, you know, whenever I stood up, it was really hard to contain. It was just such a manifest of, of sadness and loss and, and everything that, that Lloyd hadn't, didn't realize how precious her presence in his life was until she now is going away again. And even though Lloyd was the one that went away 10 years earlier, now Maggie has to leave. He, he doesn't want her, he doesn't want her to leave because uh, you know, the, the relationship that, that, that is now developed just in such a compression with, with her arrival and, and her presence. I don't remember it, Diana, how, what did we figure, how long did she stay? Was it like a week or something? It was something it's yeah, yeah. definitely not specified. It, it in was a, it was a very that compressed. That yeah. 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 I mean, you know, what, it's not really that important. However, even if it was a day, that, that the whole journey takes place. And obviously it's more than a day because there's various nights, but even if it's three days or whatever, that all, all like, like I just said, all of this 10 year journey that was lost, that they could have had together. And now there's, there's this potential, you know, future abyss of not having her and, or them not having each other. And it was, it was really difficult to, to, to play, you know, that three-part harmony of she comes in, you know, having to try and deal with it in a very stable emotional way. And, and he has to face the reality, uh, you know, that he may ne never see her again. And then she comes back and then it's like, ah, oh, like you just said, they're going to be okay. Well, I have to wrap up. I would talk to you guys for an hour because I have so many questions about this film. It's so beautifully done. I mean, I just congratulate both wow. of you. I'm telling everyone to go see it and watch it and yeah. find it wherever they can, even after Tribeca. Just like congratulations. It's so good. It's one of the best films I've seen in a long time. So I just want to thank oh, you. guys. Thank you. thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Monica. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to the cast of Acid Van talk about their drama slash science fiction film that's currently playing at Tribeca Film Festival. Buy a ticket now at TribecaFilm.com. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and follow us on Twitter at Silence On Set to be up to date on all of our latest podcasts, YouTube videos, and current interviews.